Uh, you got your headphones and shit in, in order. <laughs> yeah, I got my shit in order. How about you? Yeah. Fifty, we did it. We did what? Fifty episodes. Can you believe it? It's not not a bad effort. No. You can't um can't say we quit too early, that's for sure. Right, so uh Hunter, Hugh, that's us. What's the podcast that we do? What's it called? Project A Plus, we've done fifty of them. Uh no, no, we've done we've done forty nine. This is this will be the fifty, yeah. But we've already got the title. This is fifty. After the uh classic um This is forty. No, 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 not after the classic film, after the classic episode of this podcast in which we looked at that Oh, uh, yeah, of course. This is 40. What was the name of that episode, though? It was Old Man and the Wasp, and the Wasp was in capitals. So shouldn't this be, shouldn't it be a pun off of that episode title, then? No, it's like, a, it's an allusion to that episode's content. I don't understand. What's an allusion? It's what Darren Brown does. Uh, who's Darren Brown? He's an illusionist. Like David Blaine. You might find him on a recent, uh, one of, you know, one of those Vanity Fair dot 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 reacts to something. I don't watch those videos, so I can't, I can't, uh... Fuck you. <laughs> that's like, that's like the new, I don't watch TVs, I don't watch react videos. <laughs> I'm, I'm counterculture. <laughs> I don't watch react videos. You don't watch, uh, special effects artists react to special effects in Hollywood movies? No, I, I, I value my time. That's why I spent all my time watching anime and playing, <laughs> playing Final Fantasy fourteen. I'm still in touch with the people because the people watch <laughs> React videos. That's not true. With me, the people watch the people watch anime and play Final Fantasy fourteen. I mean, I've seen the view counts on these React videos. They get fucking hit. Millions of people play Final Fantasy fourteen. It's this, it's the second most popular MMO in the in the world. Is it really? Yeah. After World of Warcraft. Yeah. After World of Warcraft, it's Final Fantasy XIV. Yeah, man. Wow. I had no idea it was that popular. Yeah, dude. It's probably the most like, successful modern MMO. And it's crazy, too, because it requires a subscription. It's not as wow, but... you think something like Guild Wars 2, which does not require a subscription, would, uh, would pull ahead. How much is the Final Fantasy subscription? How much of your income are you devoting to that pastime? I spend $30 every two months. Wow, so not a huge commitment. That seems that's like that's, that's that's like more than a streaming service. Yeah, but I get more out of it than a streaming service. I get the joy of friendship. Have you made friends in the FM Fem Fem universe? Fem yeah, of course. Mark? Really? <laughs> I'm part of a guild, you. Jesus Christ! Gu- I'm closer to my guild list than I am to anyone in the real <laughs> quote unquote world. <laughs> <laughs> what is your guild call? Uh, I have to look that up. What do you mean you have to look it up? It's your guild. <laughs> I actually remember. Wait a second. And just, just to be clear, I'm always saying guild because it's information that you understand with your idiot understanding of MMOs. It's actually called a free company. It's called a messy a of... free company? <laughs> it's called messy of Eorzea. Otherwise known as mess. What? Uh, did I stutter, you freak? <laughs> why are they... Why, why is it a free company? What's the milieu you're dealing with here in this game? What do you mean? Like, what's the what's the setting in which you have like a free company? The setting is Eorzea, a fantasy world. Like of like independent corporations. It's roughly divided into three big factions, and presumably 
the free companies are part of these big bigger factions. But in actuality, I don't know. And honestly, they don't really care that much. Do they operate like conventional corporate bureaucracies? Yeah, they operate like conventional guilds. In right. So you go on raids. Uh-huh. I don't even know what these terms denote, really. But <laughs> don't, don't, don't dismiss me with your, your condescending ignorance. I, I saw how you spat out raids through your mouth. I've already, I've already put my cards on my table by saying I spend most of my life watching YouTube <laughs> React videos, so I don't exactly have the moral high ground. Yeah, and, and, and you, you, but you attempted to position yourself as having the moral high ground by saying that you were in touch with the people. My ass. <laughs> more people do not play Final Fantasy Morgue than do play it. Right. Well, okay, that's fine. But you can say that about any human activity besides breathing. <laughs> but regardless, more people play this game than have watched any individual React video. No, but if you take React video as a genre and compile all the views together, you take Final. Okay, if you take Final Fantasy game as a genre, no. Yes. No, I refuse that. It's only. It's only. It's, it's only fair. Or if you take MMO as a genre. Maybe that would be an interesting experiment if someone could work it out. If we could oh, work out oh, how by, many people by the way, have watched by, by a the YouTube way. React video versus how many people have played any Final Fantasy. By the way, uh, this is a podcast about movies. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we're, we're gonna, you're going to hear now, it'll be, it's going to, it's a clip the very first podcast you ever recorded uh, about the um, great... Uh, yeah, great. Uh, TV, great. Great TV series, Lex. It's um, uh, a Canadian science fiction program that no one's heard of besides you <laughs> and your brother. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah. Uh, and I guess me now, too. I'm just I'm just downloading uh, the clip on my phone. You know, you know what's funny? Uh-huh. Me. So this is the... Oops. <laughs> um, anyway, no, no, no. So I was listening to an interview with William Friedkin. Uh, I didn't like the way that, uh, the saliva in my mouth clipped on the uh, K of that particular word. So I'm going to say that again. Jesus Christ! I was listening to an interview with William Friedkin. Why? Just because it was on a podcast. Isn't that a good reason? That you listen to, or that I sometimes listen to. Okay. He can be he can be occasionally entertaining. There's there's some good sound bites. Yeah, I agree. I, I like William Freakin enough. But I've noticed that if you if you had a recording of his voice and maybe you shifted the pitch a little bit, possibly even down a little bit, so it's a little bit deeper, it'd be Donald Trump. Really, that's funny. He has pretty much the same accent and a very similar intonation. So it's like imagining an intelligent version. <laughs> An intelligent sort of film critic version of Donald Trump. I mean, you know, also what he's presumably not quite as racist and bad as Donald Trump is in, in real life. He does defend the racism of the uh, New York police force in the 70s as depicted in um, The French Connection. Defended in what way? He says, well, that's kind of what you had to do or you would get killed. Yeah. Because, it was, you know, you had to be a streetwise cop, so you had to intimidate people or you would blah, blah, blah. So, therefore, the racism is fine. Yeah, okay. I was a very hot young director after the Sonny and Cher movie, which I think will produce a print better than any that has ever been produced in any medium. So what? Was Sharon think... Tate's baby rehabilitated? Well, it's certainly... 
the biblical system. Yes, well, it's it's not... the Judeo-Christian system. If you don't like it, you can go to Venezuela. So now we'll be playing an exclusive clip from uh, our very first recording together. Go ahead, go ahead and play it, motherfucker. So this is the debut episode of the famous Canadian German sci-fi television show Lex. Coming across this like late night on TV one night, um, I was very, very struck by how different it was. And again, I'm going to qualify all this as a, a 13 year old. Mm -hmm. um, we'll get to my current opinion later. Oh, um, there's a surprise. <laughs> there's a surprise twist. <laughs> was it on? <laughs> but yeah, like it, it immediately struck me that it had this very different atmosphere to sort of the standard mm. sci-fi television I'd been familiar with. Mm -hmm. And there was a sexual element to it, which is obviously very... <laughs> obviously appealing to the... Appealing to a 13, 14-year-old. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You're basically describing the reason I watched um, uh, Dexter when I was that age, because... Occasionally there'd be sex scenes on. <laughs> that's that's why everyone watched Dexter, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Full forward through the serial killer scene and then just get to the yeah, sex. Just, yeah. just to the nudity. <laughs> sometimes I'd like mess up and just land on the serial killer. It'd, it'd be tough because I'd be like masturbating, of course. <laughs> so I'd be like, oh no, he's killing someone. <laughs> could have screwed up forever. So, so you've you know. every time you ejaculate, you associate that with a horrific dismemberment or something. Yeah, like that. yeah. Like especially like the knife going into like the plastic wrapped body is like yeah. very evocative of, of sexual <laughs> intercourse to me. So at the point we meet her, uh, she is a large lady. Ah, oh, man. <laughs> this is, when, when she's introduced, I was like, am I making a mistake watching this? <laughs> it's kind of just like the most offensive thing. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, yeah. So without without try, without trying to add to the offensive of myself, yeah. the, the way they've introduced the character is designed to be someone who is um, physically not conventionally attractive. Yes. I would say. And they, they're sort of... Uh, embellishing that with like uh, terrible pr prosthetic warts and stuff like that on her yeah. face and all that yeah. sort of stuff. But there's a there's a a scene um, <laughs> early on which is really terrible when they're on the prison ship and the guy's like, "You have to be the ugliest person who's ever been on you." And I was just like, "Okay, great. This is this looks really good from the vantage point of." 2018. It's to underscore, you know, the the injustice of this society. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course, of course. That's what, they, that's what they're doing it for. That's that's how she's introduced. Yeah, a little what's Sav's crime? A little bit of backstory goes into that. Um, her crime is failing to perform her wifely duties. Mm. And they do a memory scan and, and show her um, punching this bratty little American kid, which is kind <laughs> of satisfying. Whoa. They're probably but, Canadian, I mean... Yeah, probably Canadian. But yeah, so this... Obviously, she was in some sort of arranged marriage uh, situation with this mm -hmm. this bratty little kid. And he's he, a priest, we must point out. He's a priest, okay. Yes. And he takes an instant dislike to her and is abusive towards her, and she punches him in the face. So for that transgression, uh, the particular punishment that she receives from this uh, evil society is that she gets... <laughs> transformed into a love slave oh boy 
I will have to point out that neither of us has, has experienced uh, life as a <laughs> I can't even finish that sentence. <laughs> okay, well, let's not. Let's not. Let's just. I'm just going to stop you there. Let's just not. <laughs> Maybe just say neither of us have experienced life and move on. Okay, no, no. Yeah, just, just into there. Into there. <laughs> I, I do love the idea of like cosplaying wax, like going to a gym and just be like, <laughs> "Hey guys, recognize me? It's Thornton." <laughs> Thornton is being put into this sort of gladiatorial thing, right? And this is what sets up the rest of the plot: is that he, in his nose, has this little bug thing, which is a brain or bomb bug, right? <laughs> And uh, he's he's gonna use it to blow up a cable. It, though uh, this is the point where I was like, they're really stretching this because like, it didn't really seem to matter that much which cable it blew up. It was just sort of like whatever. And then stretch out is on for like fifteen minutes of this bomb like falling off the cable. I was like, oh god, okay, whatever. On watching it recently, I really mm. enjoyed that. It got it. It happened really? so many times that I enjoyed it. <laughs> I, was, I was starting to. This really torturous for me. Actually, it is torturous. Like, I hate that stupid bug. Oh my god! And it has its own. The best thing. It has its own little theme song. Yeah. <laughs> Barry Boswick stole a, an unscripted kiss. Yeah. 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 <laughs> okay. The dead guy confronts them. And he and Zev share a moment, and I wrote down a, a joke that I thought of, uh, which is uh, uh, <laughs> the, um, uh, uh, what is it, the Brunin G in this scene becomes, yes, becomes a uh, boning G because... Right, yeah. Yeah. Overall, I would say I enjoyed it. Um, way more than I was expecting to anyway because it's amazing <laughs> yeah, yeah of course is that is that the name of the is that the name of the podcast Alex Colwyn the greatest television <laughs> show of all time yes one of my friends managed to peer pressure me into watching a Rick and Morty porn parody uh, and I would say I would say this is like a step up uh, above that uh, <laughs> like a live action porn parody just to make it clear yeah Jesus Christ yeah which is, which is terrible obviously how much um, of your time did you invest in that enterprise I didn't watch the entire I pretty much just like as soon as they started having sex I was like okay it's just porn but like uh, as soon as you came uh, it's like, it like 20 yeah yeah of course which yeah. is instantaneously this is this is totally off topic, um, but there's a there's a subgenre of like uh, hentai, which oh boy, I'm gonna, I'm tell me what I do. In my, yeah, it's called like horror porn. Uh, it is just like full of like weird things, touching eyeballs, and like yeah, I, I could we could do another podcast. Oh boy. Wow, why did we ever not release that? I wonder. <laughs> Took the words right out of my mouth, buddy. Arrow girl. That's it, Scott. <laughs> the erotic grotesque. Jesus Christ. I, I feel like I could do a supercut of you talking about niche pornography. <laughs> so, uh, the core conceit of this podcast is that uh, my dear friend Hugh, um, uh, God, what's your middle name? I always forget. Douglas Hamilton. Correct. Uh, do you remember my middle name? 
Uh, no. Wow, I'm I'm so insulted. Okay, what if I say it's a month? It's a month. Yeah. Now that doesn't ring a bell. Hunter March Sawyer. That's right. I do remember because of Augie March. Yeah. There you go. Um. Anyway, so yes, uh, we are going to take uh our. I feel like Hunter March. Let me finish. Like if if March was your surname, mm. that would be better. Yeah, well, I, di- I didn't get to choose, buddy. Um, like, Hunter March is kind of an interesting Shut up! <laughs> Let me introduce a second. Uh, going back to the liberal arts days where I just shout at you for interrupting me. <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel like I have absorbed some of that vibe from <laughs> listening to these podcasts again. Uh, I'm back, baby. I'm, you're back! Back in New York, is that... Is that and I'm loving every minute of it. Uh... Just a reference to famous racist Michael Richards. <laughs> My favorite. I never watched Seinfeld. I did watch UHF though. <laughs> Actually, I probably know Michael Richards better from that than, than from Seinfeld. Is he in UHF? Yeah, man. He plays like the best friend character. Duh. Like Weird Al's best friend. Yeah, he's like this janitor at the at the um, public uh, TV or public access. Okay. Um, I've only, I don't think I've ever seen that in full. It's it's a, it's a great movie. Okay. I was like obsessed with Weird Al when I was a kid. Doesn't surprise me. So were my friends. I, there's so many songs that I learned about through the media of Weird Al before I knew that they were songs and uh, ended up themselves. I hated Weird Al as a kid. <laughs> Doesn't surprise me. Um, but I, I I like him as a person. I don't particularly have any. Uh, respect for what he does <laughs> that's funny but he always seems like a really nice guy like when you see him on stuff but it's pretty fucked up that he asphyxiated his parents is that, is that what happened didn't you hear about that no it was no it was like a gas leak oh and they both died he killed his parents on accident i mean he didn't do it oh. i was just being an idiot his parents um, just died. Just died. You know the risks with gas heater if, like, there's a leak or something. Yeah. And you can fall asleep and then, you know, Die. you get some sort of poisoning. What is it? Carbon monoxide poisoning or something? Uh, uh, whatever it I is. Think it's, I think carbon monoxide is a different... Okay. Different but it was, you know, one of those things that happens. So just overnight, both of his parents were dead. Wow. And he famously performed on stage that night when Jesus he found Christ. out. Christ. <laughs> well, then. He's like, hey guys, so my parents just died. Pulls out his, um, his accordion. I, li- I just like the fact, it, like, in the context of most musicians, like, you could find a way through that, like, to emotionally express yourself in your music. But if you're Widow Yankovic and you're kind of <laughs> yeah. like these, like, puerile parodies of. <laughs> I could do a parody of bad. Oh, my parents died. <laughs> like, it was like Nirvana, like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, or like famously Mount Erie, who's, who's made his career on mourning his late wife yeah. and then marrying Michelle Williams. Exploiting... He didn't marry Mich- uh, Michelle Williams. He did. No, he did. Mount Erie, yeah, he did. No, he didn't. He did. Do you have to money? Yeah. Um, Michelle Williams is dating someone else right now. No, she's with Mount Erie. No way. They had a private ceremony. No way. Yeah, look it up, boy. I will, I will. Because they both bonded over their mutual <laughs> grief because she lost Heath Ledger even though they were already broken up. Um, Michelle Williams is dating, um... Oh 
The and guy from this, Mount Erie. No, I looked this up like a couple of days ago. The, uh, what? They're already broken up, but they were Shut dating. Up. No, but they're not engaged. They're not married. I'm pretty sure they are married. No way. Oh, man. Okay, Michelle Williams dating. Oh, yeah, she's dating, um, uh, what's his name? Jonathan, Jonathan Saffron Freyer. What's, what's that guy's name? Oh, no, you're right. <laughs> no, so she separated from him, but she married him. No, oh, I stand corrected. Yeah, you do. Wow, they were not married that long. No. I guess they are still married, but they're not uh, together that long. God, this guy looks like such a loser. <laughs> he looks like a YouTuber, honestly. He does, actually. I think I've known I've known him, like, how he looks with a beard. I thought he had a beard. I think he does now. That's just 2008, so... Yeah. Yeah, he looks a little more, like, rugged now. Like, hipster rugged. Yeah, still looks pretty annoying. <laughs> His wife deserved to die. <laughs> <laughs> so, so they could give us all that great music. <laughs> Wouldn't it be really funny if you, like, had a buggy's fall that was like, oh, man, I wish my next two records would be super successful artistically. <laughs> that was that was a funny joke. You should include that in the podcast. Definitely just make me look like a bad asshole. Uh, so what are we going to do? Oh, yeah, we're going to rank... Not rank. We're going to take our top ten and bottom ten of uh, movies that we watched together for the podcast. Yes. So we'll be looking at all the films that we featured in the main section of the podcast and not including bonus features. <laughs> yeah. And also discounting the additional films in a franchise that we uh, looked at in particular special episodes, yeah. such as the Mission Impossible special, the Spider-Man special, yeah. the Marvel Cinematic Universe special, where we ranked all the films. We're not including the non-new release of those franchises. It's a little bit of a spoiler for my uh, list, but neither of them include any of those films. So. Me either. <laughs> Try not to matter. Anyway... One thing I just wanted to say is because, like, the re- the main reason we decided to just do a top ten and bottom ten instead of ranking them all, aside from the fact that this is the less tedious way of doing it, and that's probably a good thing, is uh, we wanted to avoid over-representing particular directors that we have looked at in detail. Um, for example, Ashima, Fassbender, Kiristami, and recently Panahi. Does your top 10 or bottom 10 have uh, more than one film from the same director? In fact, one of my lists has two films from two separate directors on it. Okay. Because I was wondering if we should make a rule of saying just have one director represented. Well, then I'd have to adjust my list. So would I. I mean, obviously it'd be more interesting, I guess, to make it... Yeah, I might as well just change it real quick. Gotta say, my list does show some recency bias, but, you know, whatever. Uh. <laughs> that was a weird noise. Thank you. It's gonna be quite as idiosyncratic as possible, how about that? No joke choices. <laughs> uh, no worries. So, the number 10th worst film that we featured for this podcast. For Hunter. Wait, one second. Mr. March. Number 10, my 10 worst film. A film that I assume is not going to be on your bottom 10 list. Uh, is a film that I loathe from earlier this year, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is a fantasy of a certain generation. Let's call it the boomer generation. That their cultural artifacts are the most important things in the world. It is the Beatles-centric film yesterday. 
Fuck you. A film that I loathed. Um, and for more... Uh, you know what? Uh, you know what? <laughs> fuck you. And fuck you, too. Forget you. Do I have anything else to say about yesterday? I, I only wish that I, it had been uh, the day before I had watched it, as in yesterday, the day before I had watched it, so I could have avoided seeing it. Yeah, good one. Thanks. Um, yesterday, it sucks. Fuck you. And I, you know what? You know what? I think Danny Boyle also sucks. <laughs> Except for Train's body. Well, then he doesn't suck. Because he made no. Train's body he- and... The masterful yesterday. We made one good film. And I guess that uh, 20 Days Later is okay. And yesterday? What about yesterday? Uh, it's, you like it's, yesterday? My, it's one of my 10 least favorite films that we've caught about on the podcast. Really? Yeah, it's number 10. Well, fuck you then. Okay, that's, that's okay. I can accept that. Uh, so, my, my illustrious friend Hugh Hamilton, what is your number uh, 10 on the bottom? Uh, my number 10 on the bottom, Kisses on the Bottom, for... Just a gigolo. <laughs> you know, I that movie is really bad, but for some reason I only have fun memories of watching it. <laughs> it does have a kind of inexplicable quality to it, I think, that makes it uh, enjoyable. It does have David Bowie in it, I guess. But Hugh, but Hugh, you'll be, I think, ecstatic to learn that I did not include Mass and Anonymous on my bottom list. Yes! Because... <laughs> You know what? I, I think I've come around to your point of view on that movie. That it is ridiculous and an extremely good bad film. And it gave us, I think, possibly the single best quote from a film. What? That we have uh, watched on this podcast. You're an encyclopedia assessment. Yep, you, you commit treason against your own self. <laughs> Bob Dylan, everybody. Is there a better filmmaker than Bob Dylan? No. Number nine, sir. <laughs> uh, my number nine is uh, another another Hugh Hamilton classic. Uh, a little Ben Affleck vehicle by the name of Chasing Amy. <laughs> wow, come on, it's not that bad. It's not like one of the tenth worst films we've watched this year. You're insane. No, no, no. Not, not ten worst films we've watched this year. Ten worst films we've watched for the podcast. But still. Uh, in terms of negative feelings that I have toward it, sure, there are probably worse made films. I'll concede that, but films that I have negative opinions for, whenever I think about Chasing Amy, I bristle with rage. So, crap, crap film. I will still defend it. I don't think it's great, but I think it has something going for it. I think it is charmless and bad. <laughs> and I hate, I hate that it, it made, it, it like brought Kevin Smith into our like wheelhouse. <laughs> Aren't you the one campaigning for us to do the Jane Silent Bob reboot film? No, no. I, I feel like it's, it's, it's fate at this point. I've watched three of that fucker's movies because he made me watch this film. So, anyway. But I didn't number, force you to watch nine. any other of his movies. Number, number nine, you. What's your number nine? Um, my number nine is Polar. That terrible Netflix film with Mads Mikkelsen in it. Mm, that's a bad film. <laughs> I don't. I like the. I like the two I've ranked so far. You'll hear no argument for me about that. <laughs> mm. Yeah, that would be sad. Maybe it'll make another appearance on this list. Mm-hmm. What is your number nine? My number. You nine, already said it. What is your number eight? Uh, it's a film we've actually already talked about before on this episode. Can you guess based on that descriptor? Uh, 
No. It is Judd Apatow's Middle-Aged Masturbation Fest. This is 40. Good film. Uh, terrible film. <laughs> I don't know why you said that. <laughs> <laughs> One of the most execrable experiences I've had in my entire life. Mm, but not the most execrable experiences yeah. because there are another seven slots up for grabs. There are another seven that are more execrable. Well, my number eight <laughs> is a film called Equals. Mm. Another film you may see later on my list. From Mr. Doremus. All right, what is your number seven? My number seven is a film that I think you have more affection than I. A, a film from the very early days of the show. It's a film about clones... That is itself a shitty clone of better movies. It's called Annihilation, and I wish it had annihilated me so I couldn't didn't have to watch it anymore of it. Fuck, that's pretty high up. It's it is pretty bad, but it's it's not yeah, terrible. It's, it's terrible. And I feel like I feel like I feel like when a movie I don't like that much, but I think is okay, people love, it makes me hate it even more. So mm. the, uh, my opinions have calcified against it, let's say. That is from the very first released episode of mm. Project A+. Yeah. Going all the way back. So that's old your number school. seven. Flip it in old school. Yep, that's my number seven. Hugh Douglas Hamilton, what is your numero set? My number seven is a little film, also from Netflix, called Set It Up. Uh, Annihilation is not from Netflix. No, as in, like, uh, Polo was also from Netflix. Oh. I guess Annihilation was released in Netflix and. Places other than the... It was distributed via Netflix outside of America. I feel like, I feel like this also could have been by 10 We Saver Netflix original films. Mm. Set It Up, Set It Up, which is that uh, dire romantic comedy. Famous Danish director Theodore Dyer directed it? Yes. Famous film theoretician Richard Dreyer, Dyer directed it? Yes. It's great stuff. Uh, moving on. Um, set It Up, terrible film. Terrible film, and, it, and it, it received a lot of critical... Not, I mean, not so much critical, but it, it received a lot of popular buzz, at least, for being a above-average romantic comedy on Netflix. But it could not hold a candle to to all the boys I've loved before. Or um, When We First Met, a, a brilliant film. When We First Met is a better film. A film that uh, we, we never officially talked about on the podcast because you cut those bits out. Did I? You did. Okay. Also, our bit about Visitor Q... Which probably would have been on my top ten list if we had it. If we had oh, that's right. Up. I excised those bits. Maybe, maybe I could rescue those for the podcast. Yeah. Why not? Um, my number six? Is that what you're going to ask now, Hugh? Yes, my what's number your six, number six, mate? Why it is your best friend and wife teacher Ricky Gervais's um, nothing film that doesn't exist called Special Correspondence. Wow. <laughs> uh, terrible movie. I actually have fond memories of that. <laughs> Why? I have. I, know, I, just I have. I have no memories of it except for pain, but non-specific pain. Mm. So that's your number six, was number it? Six. Yeah. What's your number six? My number six is Shane Black's The Predator, mm. <laughs> a film that you had a much worse uh, reaction to than I did. Yes. But you'll get no argument from me because I don't think it's a good film. But I don't think it is <laughs> six of the worst film. So there you go. Well, I I'm here to tell you that it is. So number five for you. Number five is a film you just talked about called Polar. Mm. Terrible, 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 terrible. 
What's your number? Uh, six, my number five, five is four, five. Anon. Anon. I actually took it on off, so we can add in. This is forty on your parody YouTube channel. Um. Okay. So my number four is a film that you liked. I think. Fuck you. Uh, do you know what I'm, I'm going to say? No, I'm just preemptively saying fuck you if I like it's it. A, it's a Netflix original film, as a lot of them are, mm-hmm. called Unicorn Store. Fuck you. <laughs> Which is just a, my personal least favorite sort of genre of quirky indie movie. Indie you mean movie. films directed by women? Yeah, I do. Hey, motherfucker. I, I bet you don't have a single film directed by a woman on either of your lists. It's not true. <laughs> um... Yeah, terrible film. Racist film. <laughs> it's not a racist it film. It is. It employs the trope of the magical black person. Little self-awareness, you. He wanted to be in it. So he what? forced himself so what? into it. So what? Uh, Unicorn Store is terrible, and I hate it, and I hate you for liking it. <laughs> uh, I feel like we should play the audio of me discussing unicorn store at length at this point in the podcast <laughs> that would be terrible my spirited defense number four of the critically maligned film unicorn it was like critically number maligned. four for me it was not critically maligned it was a lot of people trashed it yeah but it's still got a positive score on like rotten tomatoes only me and my girl linda holmes defended it so what <laughs> stop appealing towards female film critics to justify your own shitty opinions <laughs> Uh, anyway, next. And I, I had a feeling in my heart because uh, uh, I do like Linda Holmes a lot because she, she hosts a podcast that I've been listening to for years. And, 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 and I had a feeling in my heart that she would like it as well because she likes romantic comedies as I do. Of course, there isn't a romantic comedy. And I knew it. I, I, knew, I knew she would like it and she, and she did. So I, I vindicated. And you suck. What was number four? Unicorn Store has a... Uh... 63% on Rotten Tomatoes. That's, that's certified positive. Yeah. So fuck you. Yeah, but that's not really a good... That's not what people it's are not, It's not for. a great score, but it's not It's not been critically maligned. Let's, let's go on. Let's go on. Let's go on. Number four. For me? Yeah. For you? The Titan. Remember the Titan? Remember the Titan? <laughs> well, that actually surprised me that it's that low. I, I barely remember the Titan, but there it is. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember the part where he swims. That was that was great. It was great. Number three for you, sir. Uh, the aforementioned equals, which mm, I think we can agree is uh, Drake Dorius's worst film and it least is. least least uh, amusing. <laughs> yeah, it's just trash. <laughs> yeah, it's just boring trash. Uh, what's your number three? Uh, my number three is. Deadpool 2. Mm. Wow, then we'll have talked about every other one on my list. Mm. Deadpool 2. A, a horrible film. Horrible film. Okay, uh, do you want to, know, want to know what my number two is? Yes. The aforementioned set it up. Wow. Yeah. I know what your number one is. Yeah, you do. I don't know what your number two and your number one are. But please. But so I will certainly say that Deadpool 2 could have been my number one. The top three could be shuffled around pretty easily. Deadpool 2 is 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 one of the worst films that's ever been made. Yes. I feel confident in my assessment of that. So number two for you is Set It Up. So number yep. two for me is This Is 40, which is much lower on your list. Yep. I feel like a lot of my films are just interchangeably 
interchangeable because they're all they're all bad. All these clubs are bad. Yeah, I really really detest Chad Apatow. Me too. Um, and night number one is as you just said, Deadpool numero two, the, uh, a film that I I hate that it, it feels like it 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 wants me to hate it to some degree, and that's why I hate it even more. Mm. And it's just a, a miserable experience that is a complete a complete void of of laughter, pleasure, anything. It's barely even a film. It's it's just the worst. And I hope that <laughs> I hope that Disney by Fox obviously not a good thing, but I hope that one of the results is that they stop making Deadpool films, <laughs> <laughs> which of course they won't. Maybe I don't know. Disney is not in the business of really making R-rated films, so I mean, they'll make a PG thirteen film. They've always owned companies that released R-rated films. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I just remember. I just remember. I just have, I have such a strong memory of going before my shift at a job that I hated to see this movie by myself in this classroom full of miserable other people. Oh, man. I, I do think its single worst feature is the air of self-satisfied smugness that it exudes. I, I agree. That puts a pall on, on anything else that it manages to achieve. Yeah. Which isn't much in the first place. But it's that feeling of like, ah, did you, ah, ah, eh? ah, eh? ah, yeah. ah, did, ah, see, you can't do that in a superhero film, but we just did, huh? Anyway, what's my number two? Yeah. This is 40, we did that already. He did. And we did your number one. So it's my number one, yeah. which is, can you guess? Uh, nope. It is Avengers. Wow. No, it's not. It's not. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think it was. I almost had it in my top ten, um, but then... We've watched so much garbage. I took it out. My number one is actually Special Correspondence. <laughs> wow, that's surprising. <laughs> but you love Roger Race. You watched all of his, his show. Afterlife, yes. Yeah, so you watched all of all of his shows, right? Uh, no, I haven't seen Derek, mm. except for enough of it to detest it, but, <laughs> which isn't very much. Um, so I think Special Correspondence warrants its place on its own merits, right? Mm. If you just if you dissociate Ricky Gervais yeah, from the film, that's if true. that's possible, and that's just true. assess it as a part, it's a it's a terrible film, right? It is. But the association with Ricky Gervais. Uh, I think pushes it over the edge for mm. me and earns its top spot yeah. in my bottom 10. Not to say that I'm biased by like any prior hatred towards Ricky Gervais. You just, you just hate, you just hate um, people who are willing to say it like it is and uh, come out against the religious orthodoxy, right? Well, cause I'm not, I'm not a hundred percent negative towards him. I have a complicated relationship with Ricky Gervais because I did act like, I did actually love the office when it first came out but i have been disappointed with pretty much everything else he has ever done what about extras um the only exception being uh cemetery junction which i quite enjoyed and which no one ever talks about because it's our list right that is our bottom 10 of all the films that we have featured on the podcast great here is another bonus clip from an unreleased episode from the early days of our podcast recording um, this is our first attempt at recording a podcast in the current format, which is like a general movie podcast. Um, and uh, the podcast was a little bit different back then, but it was called Project A Plus, and we did talk about new releases and bonus features and stuff. So it was 
fairly similar to its current format. And this is a clip from um, an episode in which we discussed the films Black Panther from uh, Ryan Coogler and also... I don't even remember the other film. Mr. David Bowie's son's classic Netflix original science fiction masterpiece, Mute. Uh, I forgot that was I forgot that was a non-episode. That would have been on my bottom list. Uh, if yeah, that would have definitely been on the list if if it was in contention. Maybe it would have been number one. What a bad film that is. Um, anyway, let's hear this terrible clip of that episode that was deemed unreleasable at the time. <laughs> Just like, this one will be deemed unreleasable at this time. <laughs> Quite possibly. I was hoping this would be like a simple like editing job, but this has been pretty uh, shambolic, so great. Um, <laughs> let's play this clip now. We're harkening back to the old days. So Black Panther, the movie, the motion picture. Or, as my ticket stub called the movie, uh, Black Pant. <laughs> <laughs> So when I was a kid, I used to like try and draw my own comic books all the time. They were always aborted like after the cover or two panels of the first page. And uh, because I was such a wildly original creative talent, uh, the superheroes I would come up with were just like thinly veiled ripoffs of famous Marvel characters. So I had Shadow Spider, uh, which is my version of Spider-Man. <laughs> wow. Is like a guy who's like in a red jumpsuit wait no um, no 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 as fast as the sounds we gotta stay on top of no no it'll get to it get to the top oh, okay okay because i had uh i liked the black panther a lot so i had a ripoff <laughs> called snow leopard um which sounds like a whitewashed version it does, of black panther. I was about to say um but most of my superheroes were like black people <laughs> under the mask because i was such a progressive little kid I, I'm Team Bozeman, personally. Really? Over Team Jordan? Yeah. Wow. Well, like, I mean, my experience of Jordan, I can, because he was so good and uh, made such an impression on The Wire, when he's like this gawky little kid who, like, pisses his pants, <laughs> uh, kind of gets really disturbingly killed by his friends, to spoil The Wire for you. Uh, I'm never going to watch it. And he, all I can think about is him pissing his pants. So, so he's never transitioned into a, 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 an object that I can admire. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, well, that's concerning. Yeah, it was, it was good stuff. I don't know. It it almost is like a little... There's, there's really not a lot I have to say about it, you know? So straight on to meat. Yeah, the best movie of all time. <laughs> Which we won't be quite as mute about. No. Oh my god. Okay, here's my here's my first question to you. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just remembering watching it. <laughs> remember, remember, hey, remember mute? <laughs> uh, okay, here's 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 the question I'll start with. Yeah. Is it the worst movie you've watched this year? Yeah, I'm, I'm just getting angry thinking about it. Like, none of the plots really revolve around a being fucking mute. Like, no. So it just seems like an afterthought. But it's like the entire, like, point of the fucking movie. What is happening? Like, <laughs> you had this script for so long. 
I was kind of giving him the benefit of the doubt because I don't think it's, I don't think it's visually interesting. It's very uninspired to me, but it's not incompetently shot. There's some artfulness in in. Yeah, the, I guess you, every, everything's in focus. Yeah, everything's in focus. <laughs> so by the end, I was thinking, well, maybe he just had a terrible because I didn't know the backstory. I was like, maybe he just had a terrible script that you know someone auctioned off, and and he's been given this money for Netflix to make, and he yeah. tried to do something interesting with it and couldn't. And I was like, it's what? It's his story? It's his story? It's his like passion project. <laughs> like at one point, he's going to get into a graphic novel. <laughs> I just, it's, uh, it's my, one of my favorite genre of movies, like, that can be summed up as just like, that was your passion project? <laughs> <laughs> that shit? Like, come on. I hate, like, future sweating. I agree. <laughs> it's torturous. I, the, the, my specific like, bugaboo is I hate I hate curses like future curses are the worst I think it could only work if it's done as a self-conscious joke where they have like things that are so close to words like cunt and stuff so it makes it sound like they're just Whoa. trying to get past the senses like yeah like conk you mother you mother you, you mother fucking conk, conk. <laughs> which fracking kind of is a little bit when they say mother fracking, yeah. I think that's, I think they say mother fracking. But I think it'd be funny if they went all the way into <laughs> mother fracking cunt. Half of it is just so like boring, noir, like obvious trash, right? And then half of it is like the most miscalculated, like oh, wacky pedophile. Like I, I, I honestly like I don't understand why he thought all the pedophile stuff was a good idea. And it just got so absurd. That's that scene where Paul Rudd <laughs> is uh, has been stabbed through the neck, um, and then uh, <laughs> oh, okay, I actually I actually did enjoy that, as you as you know. It was so ridiculous that it was almost it was almost pleasurable. I agree. I loved it. I was like, "Is he going to turn that towards him?" And I was like, "Yes." I wish it. I, I honestly wish it had gone a little bit further though. <laughs> It was just like, I wish it just cut from him entering the room and that's it. I watched uh, In a Lonely Place, which I enjoyed, but uh, I kind of fell asleep in the middle of it. I lost a bit. But it's really, it's really good sort of uh, quasi-subversion of um, like a Humphrey Bogart noir film, right? And there's a lot of interesting like homoeroticism in it too. <laughs> Uh, it's it's Gloria Gloria Graham, right? Yeah, and the great part is that it's a Nicholas Ray film, right? Uh, yes, I know, and the story of them is great. <laughs> yeah, I, I just can't believe like she fucked his son, like, his thirteen-year-old son. Like she, he he walked yeah. in on it. The the funny thing about that is is like there's that film like film stars don't die in Liverpool about her final days. Is that, is that about her fucking her thirteen-year-old no. son? No, it's about like fucking a younger man. But obviously that whole story gives it a kind of. She obviously had a tasted young man. Like it, if you look at the trailers for that film, obviously it's supposed to be like a yeah romanticized blah blah blah. But you're like, that's kidding. if you know if you know her backstory, that's kind of still disturbing. She fucked her. That's <laughs> so crazy. She was the proto Woody Allen, and then she married him, and it was her longest marriage. Really? Yeah. Her longest marriage That's was that. Crazy. She was married like wow. five times. She is sort of the female. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's Woody Allen's longest marriage as well, but um, we don't know if he fucked her when she was 13. Probably. Like, I mean, probably not. What's the big assumptions? I think that's it. Okay. It, it, it started started with you being a, a weird black 
first-person fetishists. <laughs> and, uh, it, it tails off with you um, defending Woody Allen. <laughs> I'm disappointed we didn't describe that scene in, in depth. No, I don't think we did. Like, that's what I was trying to find. On um, Maybe I missed it when I was scrubbing through it, but I was trying to find a, 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 an example where we actually explained what happened. So <laughs> should we, we should be doing it now. <laughs> No. That part's so funny. What a great film. Just, just the, the, the gesture of turning the screen. Yeah, so good. What a great film. Great film. Alright, let's move on to our top ten. Well, what's happening to you? I don't know. You know how sometimes you get in a funk? Uh-huh. Especially when we record. Because, like, in advance, you're, like, going, oh, we're going to record, and you have some sort of optimism. Yeah towards the whole process and then when you're like in the swing of it you're like oh this is a bad episode <laughs> that's how you feel right now <laughs> yeah anyway well, well we, we, we wouldn't have it any other way right no i mean I, I do feel that pretty much every episode i don't know if i've ever not felt like that uh through through good or ill anyway here's our top 10 go for it okay my number 10 in uh the best films that we've watched uh featured on this podcast uh not repeating any directors is the film fires on the plane mm. recent film by connie chikawa by connie ichikawa just con what really mm-hmm. yeah well i've been uh, living my life as a bi so fun fact um a, a syllable ending in n is the only syllable in Japanese that can end in a consonant sound. Uh. It's the only one that stops. Everything else is just a chunk that is that ends in a, a vowel noise. A vowel. Uh, interesting. That's why when they try to render a Western word, you get like a sort of staccato version of it. Yeah. For example, if you were trying to render the word dreams in Japanese, you might say something that sounds a little bit like the name of a director featured on this podcast. Doremus. Uh, I don't think so. Okay, so that's that's fascinating. Yep, flies on the plane. Number ten, a film we we watched a, a few episodes ago. My number ten, enjoyable, uh, is a little film called The Handmaiden. Hmm. Park Chadwick's The Handmaiden. 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 Film I think I liked more than you did. Correct. But I did enjoy it. What is your number uh, two? Three, four, five, nine, six, seven, eight, nine. The number nine that I have written down is The Bitter Tears of Petra von Kant mm. from Mr. Fassbender. Air <coughs> Fassbender. Um, this, I think, was the best of the films that we watched of his mm. in our little mini project. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I agree. Do you want to know what my number nine is? Uh, yeah, right. Okay, it's another film from Rainer Werner Fassbender called The American Soldier. (laughs) (laughs) A sentimental favorite, let's say. I think it has maybe the greatest closing shot of any movie that's ever been made. It's a contender. Uh, It is the best bit of the film by some margin. And also the rest of it is is perfect. Uh Uh-huh. What's your number eight? Uh, my number eight is the 1970 film by one Barbara Loden. Mm. Wonder. I'm yeah wondering what it is. What is it? I just want you to keep wondering. Okay. Until when? and uh, give me a, give me an anticipatory drum beat. 
Uh, the film is Wanda. Wanda, Wanda. Wanda! Uh, why, 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 Wanda? Okay. Well, uh, that's funny you say that, Hugh. Because my number eight is also someone's name. Now, Hugh, is this the best film? No. <laughs> is it a film that resides in my heart? Is it a film that I briefly had a Twitter account where I tweeted out GIFs of it? It is. Too briefly. All too briefly. Well, I ran out of GIFs to tweet. And I, didn't want to I told it. you to create gifts. <laughs> I didn't have a digital copy of the film available. <sighs> uh, but it is the comedy masterpiece known as Clifford. Martin Short's greatest film. Probably the greatest American comedy. Film that has no peer. Clifford. Now, Hugh, was Clifford my number one before you were like, no joke rating rankings? It was. <laughs> But you said I couldn't go with my heart and make Clifford my number one. So I just want you to think about that. Think about how you ruined me. I did have Clifford as my number ten at one point, so I kind of agree. Why did you remove it? I'm a coward. You are a coward, that's true. I do admit, Clifford's not a perfect film. It just has some trans-phobic uh, humor, which I do not enjoy. But aside from that, it is a perfect film. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, name one performance that's better than Martin Short's in that movie. Well, Charles Grodin is almost as good. <laughs> yeah, but he's not as good. I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's a tie. No, I, uh, Martin Short is, is better. All right, anyway. Okay, so next. Uh, so my number seven is Peter Greenaway's Z and Two Noughts. Hmm. Again, I don't, think, I don't think it's a flawless film. No film is a flawless film. But it has such wonderful images that it retains a space. So you're just a statistician. That's why you love Lenny Riefenstahl. Bitter Von Tears of Heart fucking number six. Number seven for you. My number seven uh, is a little Brian De Palma masterpiece known as Body Double. Mm. Which I think is just uh, a film without fear. You you like Body Double. Yeah, it's enjoyable. It's, It's a genius movie. Um, and I think it is another perfect performance, uh, and another by great by Charles Grodin. Craig Lawson, and another great performance by Melanie uh, Griffith too. Uh, I just think it's a funny and moving and brilliant film about voyeurism and the phoniness of Hollywood. Yeah, moving. <laughs> they, they move from one place to another all the time. <laughs> I mean, you could call out film a lot of things, but I, I don't know if moving is <laughs> the first one that jumps to I mind. It wasn't the first one that jumped to my mind, too. It was, like, the fourth one. All right. Fair enough. Um, okay. Number six, you ready? Yeah. You're pumped? I'm, I'm fucking pumped. This is a film that we featured on the podcast fairly recently, hmm. and I'm going to pretend not to be typing the film into Wikipedia so I can remember the director's name. <laughs> <laughs> And remember how to pronounce it more importantly. Oh, um, so the the number six on my list mm. is The Spirit of the Beehive from Victor Arise. Mm. Maybe we'll see that uh, in the future. Which is a film that I really was really struck by the first time I watched it. Mm-hmm. But I feel like it's going to grow in my estimation over time. And I mm. feel like it has already, even since we recorded that episode. And it's a film that I would probably like to revisit at some point. You know, Hugh, I agree with you. That's my number six. What's your number six? My number six is 
Kyoshi Kurosawa's Cure. A film that, like you said, with um, Spirit of the Beehive, I can see myself revisiting the future and loving and appreciating even more. I just think it's a masterpiece of this sort of genre, dreamy surrealism. Um, and I really think it is a brilliant film. And uh, maybe... I think, I think the sign of any great film is that I would explore their films that the filmmakers made, and that's really mm. true for uh, Mr. Kurosawa. So. It's good stuff. Uh, yeah. Uh, and what is your number five, Hugh? Uh, my number five is a film that was part of our second-to-last project, mm. and that is Abbas Kiristami's Life and Nothing More. Mm. Interesting. Mm. What is your number five, sir? My number five <laughs> uh, is a film that you do not like. Maybe recently featured on the podcast. Uh, it is Quentin Tarantino's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh, boy. Uh, which is, uh, as, said, as I just said about Cure, <laughs> another film I, I can see myself revisiting in the future and really liking. So. Well, I've got an essay to show you. Yeah, I'm sure you'll convince me. <laughs> Uh, but I just think this is a perfect film. So there you go. Sweet. <laughs> go ahead. Next. What's your number five? Four. Number four. My number four is a film that I know that you love too. Hmm. And will probably rank even higher on your list. I am anticipating. It is a film by Nagisa Oshima. Hmm. Merry Christmas, Mr. Lawrence. A great film. So I think over time... My second favorite Oshima film, which is probably Night and Fog in Japan. That's probably my second favorite Oshima film. Has edged even closer to uh, Merry Christmas, Mr. Lawrence. So I don't know if Merry Christmas, Mr. Lawrence, Merry Christmas, Mr. Lawrence. It's hard to say. Merry Christmas, Mr. Lawrence. I don't know if that film will hold the top spot Mm. so long. And certainly if we were permitted to have more than one film from one director in our list, I would have had three Oshima films in my list because that's originally what I had. I'd have two Oshima films. And just for the record, those three would have been Merry Christmas, Mr. Lawrence, Night and Fog in Japan, and In the Realm of the Senses mm. were all originally in my list. I'm not going to tell you what mine were because that would be a spoiler. But I've condensed it down to Merry Christmas, Mr. Lawrence. I do think formally that uh, Night and Fog in Japan is a better film. Mm. But I... I was, wasn't as moved as much by it as an artwork as I was by Merry Christmas, Mr. Lawrence, which is strangely moving, I think. Not strangely, I mean, you can understand why it moves you, but it does move you in a, in a way that you can't quite define, even though it appears to, like, pull on certain heartstrings. Uh, you know, quote, what am I talking about? Let's move on. To quote the greatest band of I all time. I shouldn't talk about things. To quote the greatest band of all time, it moves in mysterious ways. Yes. Number four, Merry Christmas of Lawrence. So Bowie got to feature on both of my lists. Mm. What is your number four? Uh, my number four is a film you just talked about, uh, and a film like the last three I've just said, or the last two, I guess, that I've just said. Uh, I feel like if I watch it again, I will come to appreciate it and love it even more. Uh, it is The Spirit of the Beehive, which I think is just a beautiful, um, troubling film. And I think it's really great. So we're getting into difficult territory here, I think, for my top three once mm. again. It's, it's been difficult to order. Mm. But my number three is... Pause once again while I... <laughs> God damn it. 
How can we just do white directors? <laughs> High five. So my number three is the fabulous Baron Munchausen. Jesus Christ, really? Yeah, a film by Carol Zeman. Wow. I felt I forgot that we did. Really? <laughs> yeah. I even own that film now, so... Really? It is definitely a favourite. That's that's such a shock to me. <laughs> I, 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 I literally don't remember anything about it except for that. I kind of remember it a little bit. I remember you, like, having uh, mixed feelings about it and not being super positive, even though you enjoyed it. Enough. Yeah. I guess that's how I feel. I'll accept but that. But if you recall, mm. I said it was great. I don't. Well, I did, and it is. Hmm. And it's number three on my list. Wow. What is number three on your list? Uh, my number three. And that is a film. Sorry. Let me go back to it. That is a film that I definitely will revisit because I find it a very purely pleasurable and enjoyable experience. And I'm looking forward to revisiting it on a future occasion when I am bedridden and sick, which is an extremely rare occurrence. Hopefully I'll elucidate it a little bit. Hmm. Okay. Um... Well, uh, my number three it might, might be a bit of a, a left turn, I think. I, I feel like if I were to list, if, if you were to look at a list of all the films that we did, you would not be able to guess that this film would be my number three. Mm. <laughs> um, not because I expressed a negative opinion about when I watched it, but I feel like this film has really grown on me beyond my already positive opinion I had about it uh, when I watched it. Uh, as part of our Abbas Karastami, uh Project. Mm-hmm. I care to guess which one it was from that from that little description. Life and nothing more. Nope. Or like someone in love. Like someone in love is my number three choice. Mm. Um, which you know what I might be I may not be able to ever get past that ending, but I think the rest of the film is so masterfully done. Uh, maybe I just don't even care. And I think so that has overtaken Life and Nothing More, which you ranked yeah. above it on on our Kurdistan yeah, ranking I know. episode. I know. Wow. That is quite the coup yeah. for Abbas Kiristabi's final Just like film. what Japan did in Manchuria. That wasn't his final film. 24 frames, babe. Oh, uh, yeah. It, it may as well be his final film because it's the final film that we watched for our Kiristabi project. <sighs> and as far as I'm concerned, any film that wasn't featured doesn't exist. What's your number two? God, this is taking forever. <laughs> my number two. Can you guess? Can you guess? Uh, uh, give me a hint. It's like I gave you for my... Number three. Okay, my hint is that my number two is the 1945 film Detour, directed by Edgar G. Ulmer. <laughs> That's not a good hint. What's wrong with Can you? Can you guess? Fuck, fuck off. Oh. Uh, I knew that was going to be on your list. Yeah, Detour is my number two. 90% of the reason that is my number two is because of uh, Anne Savage's performance in it, mm. which I think is one of the greatest screen performances the greatest femme fatale performances in film noir, but also just one of the greatest performances, I think. Okay. And it's number two, and it is Detour. Detour. I, I feel like I remember the song that I made for Detour more than I remember the movie Detour. <laughs> well, our listeners will get to revisit that particular song at the end of the episode on our supercut of musical thing jigs. Anyway, you're number two. My number two, the film you just talked about, it's called Merry Christmas Lawrence. Not only features my, not only is it one of my favorite films, period, features one of my favorite film soundtrack, also my favorite musician, so, uh, just a great movie. And once again, listeners will get to enjoy my pastiche of the film's famous theme song. 
as part of that. You're going to play all the songs in, in the whole, right? In full, I mean. Yes. Yes, I thought. Every, everything in full. Perfect. What's your number one here? What was your number two again? I've already forgotten. Merry Christmas to Oh, yeah. Can you guess my number one? Give me a hint. Give me an actual hint. So remember when you were chastising me for um, defending Unicorn Store and saying, oh, you probably <laughs> don't have any female directors in your top ten. Uh-huh. Wait, you already had, you already had one female director. Already had one. And now there'll be another one. And it's the top spot. And it's uh, Larissa Shapitko's masterpiece from 1966, Wings. Mm. Okay. Which I adore. Well, everyone has their opinion, I guess. <laughs> so I'm actually, I actually don't know what your number one is. Hmm. Can I give you a hint? It's a film you already mentioned. Really? Yeah. Really, that one. It's special correspondence. Wow. <laughs> I really should have put Clifford as my number one. Um, no, my favorite, uh, my favorite, my my favorite film that we've done on this podcast is a film that you talked about a bit ago. It's a film that has the perfect ending shot. And it was directed by a woman. And it is Barbara Loden's film, uh, Wanda. Which I think is just... Wanda's your number one? Yep. Really? <laughs> why, why, why do you say that? <laughs> wow. A book, a movie that I like so much that I read an entire book about it after I finished watching it. Uh, is that shocking to you? It's shocking that... Wonder ranks above Merry Christmas, Mr. Lawrence, for you. I guess I just like women better than I like homosexuals. <laughs> so we both, we both went for the uh, the PC choice, the progressive vote. Yeah, PC culture's gone mad and it's ruined our podcast. But I just want to make be so transgressive. I just want to make clear that um, Clifford's my actual number one. The transphobic film directed by a man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So how did this happen? Because I remember the recording of Wanda. We were both uh, very impressed with the film. It obviously made both of our top tens. But I did not have any inkling that it would rise to the top of all the films that we have featured on this podcast. Yeah. Wow. Just because I don't talk about it doesn't mean I don't love it, you. And I feel like I think about parts of Wanda all the time. Just one of the things I about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But Wanda's uh, is great. It's just a, it's just a great film. I agree, it's a great film. And it's I'm the still be- I think it's the best film that we've watched on the podcast. I think it's the eighth best film that we've watched on the podcast. But who knows how I'll feel in when we get to a hundred for our uh, what's the next yeah. what's the next anniversary? We do this exact format. Platinum Jubilee. Platinum Jubilee. That sounds like a special X Men cover. Well, actually, apparently the. Uh, a diamond jubilee is um is sixty, so I have to do that. Wait, so golden is fifty. Yeah. Platinum is a hundred. Yeah, and sapphire is sixty-five. That's not long yeah. from this episode. No, it's not. Did we miss any jubilees? Are there any jubilees between zero and yeah? There's a bunch 49? of them. Well, there's, there's two rather. There's the ruby, which is the fortieth, and silver, which is the twenty-fifth. Okay, well, so that's our fiftieth anniversary special. Thanks for sticking with us, I guess. No one listens to this show. <laughs> what else what else can we say on this momentous occasion? <laughs> You're turning into a Tetsuo. Mm-hmm. 
You get that Akira reference, right? He's the guy who turns into the Flash monster, right? Yeah, that's why I made that reference. That takes over the city, the sort of body horror thing. Cronenberg mm-hmm. should do the adaptation. I think Cronenberg's retired. Really? Yeah. I mean, it's been a while since he's made a movie. He wrote a book that I bought and then I never read. What's the book about? It's like, like Cronenberg stuff. <laughs> I bought it, and then I um, went to go read it, and I found out that my copy had gotten mold all over it, so I threw it away. How did your copy get mold all over it? I have, I have no idea. It would have to have, like, organic matter on the pages or something. Yeah, probably semen. And then that grew mold. I don't know what happened, but it was gross, and uh, I threw it away. But you could probably just wipe off the mold. Uh, I was too grossed out. Anyway, so... Uh, thanks for wa- watching the show. That's how we do, right? Uh, that's how we do. That's how we do it. That's Project A Plus, the greatest podcast that's ever been made. Thanks for tuning in. Oh God, Are you okay? <laughs> I just want to make noises. I don't want to talk anymore. <laughs> that was like my idea for a. Um, I'd go on an open mic. And then I would just, like, be like, and that'd be the entirety of the thing I would do on that open mic. Would it be, like, a Tim the Tool Man? No, i just make, like, like weird noises, and that's it. Okay. With long pauses between them. Yeah. So, like, Uh, so what are we going to do next episode? We can take another week off and then do uh, Ad Astra and Jafar Panahi's other those next films we could do. Do you need a week off? Um, I am going out of town this weekend. Because but... I could just release those earlier episodes. Yeah, let's, let's, let's do that. Why don't you do that? Why don't you do the anniversary this week and then those two special ones next week and then uh, the week after that we can do Ad Astra and it's coming out on the 20th in Australia, right? It is coming out, yes, on the 19th in Australia, which is the 20th there, I guess. Great, perfect. So I could do that next. How's that sound? Because I'm going out of town this weekend, and honestly, my desire to watch movies recently has been almost nothing. Where are you going? To Boston. <coughs> Boston? Oh, we, oh, wait, 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 wait. Oh, God, I'm glad you said that. <laughs> We're going to talk about The Departed. I've been working on my Boston accent. <laughs> <laughs> Please. I'm from Boston. 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 Cocksucker. And you ready? You ready? I'm, I'm gonna... Okay. I'm gonna get in my car. Because they don't say... They don't, like Australians, they don't uh, pronounce the R's in a lot of the contexts. That's I don't terrible. Know what the linguistic term is. But like, if I was gonna say... You a dumbass. If I was gonna say car crash, it actually sounds similar to the way I say it. Car crash. I'm from Boston. Get out of my car crash. That sounds too Australian. Get out of my car, Crash. You're terrible at this. Car Crash. I'm from Boston. I hate hate this. I'm from Boston. I'll be up in a tea party soon. Party. Yeah, like that. Party. Party. Yeah, it's like that. Party. Patty. So Australians will say party. Party. It's more party. Let's go to the party. Hey, let's go to the party in Boston. (laughs) This is killing me. Party. It's the Boston Tea Party. 
<laughs> I hate you. <laughs> would it would it be a project plus without me saying that I hated you at least once? Yeah. Can you uh, can you show us your Boston accent, please? No. I'm from Boston. I'm from Boston. <laughs> I'm from Boston. Are you, in okay? The Are you okay? I'm originally from the South, but now I'm based in Boston. How is how is what how is one person so bad at accents? How is one person so bad at accents? Hmm. I think the question is how are two people who are so who are equally bad at accents? How did they come to do a podcast together? Create a podcast together. Uh, there's a little something called divine occurrence. But who, is, who do you think is genuinely, like, better or worse at accents between the two of us? We're both pretty I bad. would say I'm worse. Because I don't even... I don't even try for the most part. Good. Good. I'll take the crown. Little shiny boy. Uh, so give me any accent in the world. Except for um, countries where an impression of the accent might be deemed racist. No. The predator is coming for you weapons gunning for you or is he a good guy now is it right to kill a man just because he's bad probably not it seems hypocritical I'm a thief
don't look back, you crazy journalist man. You've got twelve fingers and a face like a bottle of jam. You burst into my dressing room with questions so sincere But ain't nobody gotta answer your questions around here But say, have you got any class A Crazy journalist man Oh no How about a film? It's four hours long and hey, where you going? Don't you know that smoking can be bad for your health? Don't you know that smoking? This next song's called Being As I'm a Man Being as I'm a man I do what I can To be the man that I am Oh yeah And when it gets rough I hit the hard stuff But it's never enough Oh no You're not a honky-tonky road Your accent is phony Your speech is unclear Oh, your last record sucks But honey, don't self-destruct on me I will deconstruct the drops of the gangster I will deconstruct the drops and give thanks to my French brother says there's such as Godard and so many more others don't get me started. First man, yeah, I'm the first man I'm not the best man, I'm not the worst man I'm just the fear eats the soul Gobbles it up 
and swallows it whole from a bowl. Baby, don't fox and his friends will prove in the end you can't escape class even without us. Thought I was incapable of feeling I thought I was rational and cold But then my veneer of logic started peeling And I just wanted someone I could hold Equals Out of this police bus. Hey. Being a star is watching I get stuck there and get to know. Daddy Beck has got his little camera. Look at him go. Oh, sound a bit like falling. Germany. I got no 
better, I wish you 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 better, oh greater, oh greater, wish you better, I wish you better, I wish you better, I wish you She's Captain Marvel the Marvel. Marveling over Captain Marvel. Give me a C. Give me an A. Give me a Tan Marvel. Captain Marvel. It's a triple frontier. Charlie Hunnam. Thor's a little hard and you think. Pedro Pascal. It's not, but I signed up. Ajaya Arjona. We are dead. Triple, triple frontier. We're on a detour, baby. Detour. Baby, your illus detours the cure. Come on, baby. Don't be such a ball. There's no prize for being demure. So just hope in my hands and let's go on a detour. Mostly crew. The dirt. Mostly crew. The dirt. Mostly crew. The dirt. Douglas Booth, Motley Crue, Nikki Sixx, The Dirt, Ewan Rion, Motley Crue, Nick Mars. Are you ready for the greatest movie all time? Are you fucking excited yet? Well kids. Well? Get fucking pumped the fuck up. Because now it's time for the crunchiest, fronciest movie ever made. Directed by Get Out's Jordan Peele. It's us. Once was a man from Taipei. His name was Edward Yang. He had story about Taipei and made it into a movie story called Taipei Story. There once was a man called Charles Burnett. He had a story about anger and how to sleep with it. And he turned his story into a movie story called To Sleep With Anger. Holocaust. 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 White oppression. Holocaust. 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 White oppression. Captain Fantastic. White is beautiful. Captain Fantastic. White. Bye.
My name is Paula. I shoot you for a hola. My name is Paula. Oh. Under the Silver Lake. Under the Silver Lake. Under the Silver Lake. Men's be being bad. Treating women like shit and shit. Enter. The love witch! The love witch! She's the witch! That means men's gonna be sad! Thanks, love witch! One country Just a bunch of gals in wine country We'll wear the finest bows and drink And eat and play new movie what's it about it's a netflix film what's the genre it's a rom-com what's the horror it's called always be a maybe and it's way better than the boss baby who's in it it's got randall park who i'm sure will hit it out of the park up to the plate steps owie wong i'd sure like to hit that ass like a bong i guess that really isn't pc i feel kind of bad as you can see what do I gotta do to atone to get into that forgiveness zone? Why I know I'll follow the samurai and commit seppuku, that old hori eye. I'll take this knife and put it in my stomach. It's a murder mystery, a murder mystery. Who killed cinema? Adam Sandler did. It's a murder mystery, it's a murder mystery. Who killed Adam Sandler? The cinema did. It's a murder mystery, it's a murder mystery. Who killed cinema? Adam Sandler did. Okay, that's it. The ghost of the plan. Joan is my double, but made up like kiss. Ginsburg's a roadie, I'm driving the van, rolling thunder. Gotta roll like a camera in my soul, rolling thunder. Gotta roll like a rounded piece of.
I'm going home. Oh, friend, oh. 